1: Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Thomas Patrick Dorian. Hello, Deacon Wingman. Wingman. <laughs> Didn't bring wings today, unfortunately. And then we have uh, Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. Uh, and so I'm so glad to see you guys. I have spent uh, some time, I'm, I, I don't know if you can tell, but uh, I've been to Dollywood. So uh, do I look different? You do look different. Uh, it's the peach butter. <laughs> It's, it's, it gives you a glow. You put peach butter on a biscuit, it, it's good. Anyway, it's good I don't want uh, yeah, Well, I don't know about that. But
0: you I, will always love peach butter. I, yeah,
1: I think Dolly herself made that peach butter. I'm pretty sure. That's <laughs> the impression I got. Uh, all that aside, uh, glad to be back and glad to be here with you guys. And, you know, we have that's probably the only laughing we're going to do the whole episode. Yeah. Because it's kind of serious today. It's we got to deal serious. with some, there's a lot of stuff going on. And I, I, I really. Um, I do want to take a moment now this is unrelated to the show but just to offer prayers and support for the families in uvalde uh, texas and all that they went through with the the tragic school shooting there uh and just mourning with the folks and uh, uh I, I don't know what the outcomes or all those things are going to be and all that situation it's tragic all all the way around and just really sorry and our hearts go out um and we just pray um and offer petitions to the father for the the loving care uh, of those uh, precious ones that have gone to to see him uh, but also just for all the families and in, in the in the loss that's involved it's just it's terribly tragic and uh, just for some kind of peace and civility in in the nation because it's a it's a very divisive time right it is. oh yeah so we have that that happened certainly uh, but then on top of that you know we, some recent news with the speaker of the house um, uh... nancy pelosi miss <clears throat> pelosi uh, has been essentially effectively banned from Holy Communion by her bishop uh, in San Francisco um, and he says um, uh, by means of this communication I'm hereby notifying you that you are not to present yourself for Holy Communion and should you do so you are not to be admitted to Holy Communion until such a time as you publicly repudiate your advocacy for the legitimacy of abortion and confess and receive absolution of this grave sin in the sacraments, uh, sacrament of penance. Uh, and so naturally, there's been lots of reaction. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, from Speaker Pelosi, from uh, certainly uh, 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 the faithful, right? The, yep. the Catholics, the non Catholics, uh, the non religious, uh, uh, certainly from politicians, and of course, uh, bishops have all sort of chimed in. So there's lots to say about this.
0: It's since shockwaves, I think it's fair to say. I mean, yeah. more than anything that's happened that I can think of in the church. In a very long time i think it's even uh, i mean the mode proprio is a pretty big deal uh within the church and if you were following church pro- politics but i think this is something that it's bigger because everybody knew about it you know uh, right yeah
1: so lots going on here and so we just kind of wanted to break some of this down and talk about it uh because there's uh, i don't like to spend a lot of time looking at social media uh, and I especially don't like to spend a lot of time in the comments section. You know, yeah. You, you look at the comments, and you, you it, it makes your blood boil. You're thinking like that. That guy's an idiot, or that person doesn't know what they're talking about, or yeah, you go, girl, say it. You know, and it's like I, you don't want to get into the rah rah or the I hate you part of that. And I usually, by the way, never offer comments. Right. In any of that discourse, it's not the ideal way to to go about those kind of things mm-hmm. but it does I, I read a little bit of that because I want to know where where the world is where the nation is right where the church is mm-hmm. uh, and then and then uh, so we kind of put our hearts into this and figure out like well let's let's kind of do a little show and let's talk a little bit about um, you can I don't know if you can hear this but there's a helicopter like buzzing in the studio I hear it I think it's the Pope I'm pretty sure
0: <laughs> he wants to participate in the it's show. It's like the
1: Vatican, Vatican One. No, awesome. he's a to
0: lower. <laughs> it's
1: not. It's not Vatican One. It's Vatican Two. <laughs> anyway, no. So, so um, we thought we'd unpack some of this stuff, and and how would we address this? Because I know that all over the radio, certainly all over the television, there's lots of people offering commentary on this. So we thought what would be handy was maybe just kind of going through some of this and talking about it. From a perspective of uh, a little known—I say, I shouldn't say—it's little known, but it's it's not always addressed. But uh, a, a concept called religious ascent, yeah, that we find in our faith, uh, and 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 I think it's important for us to address this because a lot of times, so many of the arguments that are offered for and against uh, Archbishop Cordelione's action um, are usually cleared up. If we understand some basics about Catholic faith, Catholic truth, and, yeah. and a revelation uh, of God's truth in the form of what the church teaches, um, and, and a lot of times, because you start, I, one of the comments like on when when uh, Archbishop Cordelione did this was like, you know, he needs to mind his own business. I think the ladies in The View said that. He yeah. needs to mind his own business, and it's like, yeah, yeah but I, actually, business. I think that actually is his business. Mm-hmm. You know, and so sometimes there's a, um, um, we'll just say invincible ignorance. You know there there is um, there's a a, an an unknowing out there not the cloud of unknowing but there's an unknowing out there of what the church actually teaches about these things what the role of a bishop is and what he's doing Uh, so we wanted to talk about some of that Mm -hmm. yeah so so uh, I know Sam you've done a little research and you uh, you looked up some of the stuff that the Archbishop said I mean he he put out a couple of Letters. One, he sent a letter directly to Speaker Pelosi.
0: Right. Well, that was his final letter. There have been a lot of communications. Well, I just mean that, like what he
1: recently published. Right. The letter he that the actual where I just I quoted from. Yes. uh, About uh, you know you are not to present yourself for holy communion and should you do so you are not to be admitted to holy communion. Right. Right. So so I mean that uh, that came out just recently and it's it's directed to her. It came out May twentieth, twenty twenty two um and uh and let's see it it's like to the speaker of the house of representatives of the united states congress nancy pelosi right and so she belongs to his diocese archdiocese of san francisco right where he is the archbishop and so so it is his role to essentially oversee uh to help her spiritually to walk with her he's one of uh she is one of his flock
0: Right. And he, one of the things that he actually he says is he calls her a sister in Christ, and he says that he's prayed for her by name more than anybody else than in his diocese since right. he took office. Than
1: anybody else that he's prayed for. He's prayed; She's at the top of the list. Yeah. She's on the Archbishop Carleone prayer list. Right. Which I don't know that she really cares, <laughs> to be <the> honest <laughs> no, with you. It might, it might <laughs> not. But, yeah. but it's good to know. Yeah. Right? It's good to know, because even in the letter he wrote to her specifically... He says at the end, he says, please know that I stand ready to continue our conversation at any time and will continue to offer up prayer and fasting for you. And then he goes on to say, I also ask all of the faithful of the Archdiocese of San Francisco to pray for all of our legislators, especially Catholic legislators who promote procured abortion, that with the help and under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, they may undergo a conversion of heart in this most grave matter, and human life may be protected and fostered in every stage and condition of life. So, I mean, he he states his intentions clearly, and they're they're not ill-intended. Well, Well, and one of the
0: reasons that, you know, religious assent is an important thing to think about here is It doesn't just apply to things like the ordinary magisterium uh, but it also applies to actions by bishops uh, and popes Um, it you know a distinction to make is you know when when there's a dogma of the church that's something that actually requires theological faith and I'm not a dogmatic theologian or expert on this and so I don't know whether or not the uh, the sacredness of life is a dogma it probably is you know Uh, it probably does require theological faith but at the very least okay at the very least there's theological assent or there's religious assent requirements and uh, and, and listen i'm, I'm gonna, what i'm going to say is that all of us as catholics both those who are conservative and those who are progressive probably have uh, teachings of the church that have been hard to swallow, or actions by bishops or popes in our lifetime that have been hard to swallow. I, we,
1: well, I, you mentioned the motu proprio on Traditionus nosti that you mentioned specifically. That that was hard. That's a bitter pill to swallow for some folks. Well,
0: I'll go on record and say it was hard. It was hard for me to swallow. And oh yeah, me too. You know, Tom, yeah, that was a very, very emotional thing for you. Fact. Actually, it still is. You're, you, I mean, you're almost exclusively a TLM guy. I mean, almost. At this, yeah. So. Um, and I love the TLM and I think it's just one of the most rich and beautiful parts of our, our faith tradition and it, I found it heartbreaking, right? It but like, religious assent, when there's something that a, a pope or bishop does or a teaching of the church, right, that we've, we have a hard time dealing with, there's an obligation for us to first process it. Like, the obligation is not just, they're very clear about this in, in, in church writings. It's not just blind obedience, you're just forced into this position. Right, it's not a
1: robotic response. Yeah,
0: exactly. There's supposed to be a mind and a heart engagement. Our obligation with religious assent is to, we have an obligation to try to process the things that we don't like within the logic of our faith, right? And then also to have a heart that's obedient, or a heart that's open to receiving a hard truth as
1: well. Let me read from the catechism about religious assent. Okay, right? yes. Please. Um, because I, I I think that, that will help us a little bit. So this is uh paragraph number eight ninety two in the catechism. Divine assistance is also given to the successors of the apostles, the bishops, teaching in communion with the successor of Peter, the Pope, right? Right. So uh, and in a particular way to the bishop of Rome, pastor of the whole church. When and this is where it gets it gets technical but we'll break it down as we say it right when without arriving at an infallible definition and without pronouncing in a definitive manner meaning if the issue at hand is not something that they're saying is infallible right but it basically it's coming from these guys the bishops in union with the pope right right if it's that um then it's like and without pronouncing in a definitive manner they propose in the exercise of the ordinary magisterium a teaching that leads to better understanding of revelation in matters of faith and morals to this ordinary teaching the faithful are to adhere to it with religious assent that, and that's a direct quote in the catechism from lumen gentium right, right. which though distinct from the assent of faith is nonetheless an extension of it. So, in other words, that can all be boiled down to is because your mama said so. Right. And I don't mean to make light of that, but the church is our mother, right? Holy Mother Church. Mm-hmm. And when the church speaks, we have to listen.
0: Well, and, and one thing, like let's say with the issue of life, for example, you know, a lot of times if you if you're talking to somebody who struggles with the church's teaching on life, a lot of times they're bringing up serious practical realities you know that are facing moms with crisis pregnancies serious practical realities regarding you know the the, the poverty that children currently live in right now and, and and you know gosh you know what what is it to you know to be done for those and and so our response should not be right if we want to defend the church's teaching on life to say that stuff doesn't matter our th- our, we shouldn't say the the, the, the concerns and fears um, of those women Don't matter, and the needs of those women don't matter. We shouldn't say that. We shouldn't say that the 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 concerns that the raising's raising about babies living in poverty don't matter. But at the same time, we have to say, like, listen. The first principle, though, is the church is very clear in the teaching that. Life is life begins at conception, and life is sacred from conception to natural death.
1: And there's no question about that. Yeah, and that's that's, that's that, because, again, we can read in the Catechism. Yeah. And the Catechism specifically tells us that that uh, speaks of this teaching, right? and and it's it's it, it is wholly wrong, yeah, in error to say that, well, there are questions. There might be questions from individual churchmen and women. Right. There might even be questions from history. I think the speaker herself has mentioned, uh, I've seen uh, like in certain rebuttals and discussions, I've seen her say like, well, you know, even Thomas Aquinas was unsure when life started and St. Augustine was unsure, like they talk about the quickening and they talk about some thought that life started here or there or wherever. Um, But both of those men, both of those saints... um,
0: And doctors of the church.
1: Yes, exactly uh assent religiously right to the faith right and neither of them said it's perfectly okay to kill an infant in the womb because some of that goes all the way back to the didache
0: right the very first uh uh catechism going back to 90 a.d Mm. uh some say it's 70 a.d but it's i mean literally the time of the apostles they were teaching against uh abortion right and so at the end of the day, and and I will also say that the church is the church. The Catholic Church is the is the whole life church, right? So the Catholic Church is the one that has raised concerns about, hey, listen, to be, uh, to truly be pro life, you got to be whole life, and you got to care, uh, you know, about the children. You got to care about the the moms. You got to care about the kids. You got to care about them their whole life so it's the church that has brought up those other concerns but they're not bringing up those concerns to justify setting aside the teaching on the sacredness of life and that's and 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 listen this is a, a difficult topic and it's a difficult topic to discuss and the 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 and the fact of the matter is, those those you know, I think a lot of people can be very dismissive and say, "Oh, this is just a bunch of whataboutisms." When people are bringing up this point and that point, it's like, no, that's not. You know, sometimes people can sometimes approach it in that way, like it's a sport. But these are real things that we need to address as a church and wrap our hearts around and our minds around too. But <laughs> as Catholics, you know, there is a, a very clear teaching about life. And if we struggle with that, listen, all of us are going to struggle with stuff, just like we were talking about with Tom struggling with the moto proprio, right. and I struggled with the moto proprio, but we still have an obligation, if, our, if we are Catholics, to, to, assent. to assent and to try to process it within the logic of our, of, our, of our faith, within our mind, and try to approach it from a place of, of openness within our
1: heart. To well, try. with the desire to seek the truth. With the
0: desire to seek the truth, yes. Right,
1: so th- it's different than someone who proclaims the opposite of that proclaimed truth, right? if someone right. <laughs> Well, because there are some people say, well, it's my right, you know, because I also have heard people use the conscience argument. Well, yeah. deepen my conscience or, or whatever, but your conscience is supposed to be formed well-formed. in the church right You're supposed to be a well-formed conscience informed by the Catholic faith Catholic Church that which has been revealed by God to be true yeah. um, and and so those are important things to, to delineate and we have to be careful we also have an obligation that when we see things and hear things and we investigate that we truly are open to understanding and seeking the truth because if we aren't because sometimes we the news sources if we get all of our news from this station or from that station It could be diametrically opposed, and if we start seeking truth that way, then we're not truly seeking truth.
0: Well, and the the USCCB is clear in its voting guide, you know, about reaffirming the church's stance on life. Uh, And this is with regard to voting in the United States and political matters in the United States. A line that the USCCB has drawn is saying it's one thing if you are voting for a candidate despite the fact that they're a pro-choice. It, the, the, it becomes officially a problem for a voter to vote for somebody because they are pro-choice, yeah. right?
1: And and there is there is the, the this is where we've heard this expression. We hear pretty much every time in Catholic circles during elections, right? And you're basically choosing the lesser of evils,
0: yeah, pretty much May, always. If yeah. you
1: have all candidates and you've got candidates, and let's say they were all pro-choice, every one of your choices was pro-choice, yeah, or, or the the, the possibles. Well, you're going to pick the one that's less pro choice mm-hmm. right. the one that's less evil the one that's part less problematic in terms of their their choices right that's why we have to do we have to do due diligence in discerning this stuff we can't just go with party affiliations we can't just go with what somebody told us we really do have to do an investigation to figure out what is my uh, moral obligation here
0: and it's valid to look at third parties like the American Solidarity Party they have my support at this point you know and have for a little while I love them you know they're not a perfect solution but you know it the, the point is is that it's not like we're necessarily stuck
1: exclusively with the two-party system Well, all that aside and you can you can argue that point and say well they have no chance to win therefore they don't right? yet well, <laughs> yeah Anytime soon, you know I I, I get it so uh, but anyway it's 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 a difficult it, it, it can be difficult, but the point, the point to all this, I mean, let's, let's look at what the church teaches about abortion. I, I want to make sure, I, I want to state this unequivocally because th- there's doubt. You need to do research. You need to listen to what people are saying. So when someone says, I'm a pro-choice Catholic, you go, but how can you be? Right. You should be able to say that. Now, not an accusatory tone, right? And you, and it's not your job to to essentially judge and admonish and scream and, and pick the fight. But you don't need to, to succumb or give in to a falsehood yeah. that's going to lead you down the wrong path. Because the church does not, it offers, there's no window of opening of possibility for abortion. Listen to what it says in the Catechism. Again, the, the Pope uh, John Paul the second Saint uh, Pope Saint John Paul the second when he promulgated this catechism says it is a sure norm for teaching the faith right so everything in here while this book is not infallible what's presented here is infallible in other right. words the, the what the this is a reflection uh, a uh, Summorum pontificum this is a this is a summary yeah. from the Holy Father on what the church teaches right so it's a valid way to look at and discern so what it says in paragraph 2270 human life must be respected and protected absolutely from the moment of conception absolutely right that's that absolutely means there's no exception right from the first moment of his existence a human being must be must be recognized as having the rights of a person among which are the inviolable right of every innocent being to life that's the right to life everyone has that it's inviolable it's it's it is Part of our human DNA—it's who we are in our creation, right? And then it goes on to uh, quote um, uh, like Jeremiah one: "Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you." But paragraph twenty-two seventy-one is it, this is where it's clear. And I don't know that Speaker Pelosi has read this, so if she's listening. Speaker Pelosi, I'm just reading you a paragraph 2271 of of our catechism, our catechism, which belongs to the Catholics, right? Since the first century, the church has affirmed the moral evil of every procured abortion. This teaching has not changed and remains unchangeable. Direct abortion, that is to say, abortion willed, either as an end or a means, is gravely contrary to the moral law. You know, and some of this I mentioned the Didache earlier, but earlier in the second chapter of the Didache, or second paragraph of the Didache, the second line or whatever in there it says specifically you shall not kill the embryo by abortion and shall not cause the newborn to perish and that's like 70 AD yeah that's right? what I mean, the that's,
0: apostles were saying that's yes. so
1: this is this is literally i mean john john <laughs> the apostle john was still alive right when the Didache was written and so it's like he would have said boys i'm going back to the typewriter and i'm going to write john 2 right, right? i want to write a second gospel that that clarifies the error of that dedicate, but he didn't because yeah. it's true
0: and 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 so the the issue then becomes you know we talked a second about voters well it, it's a little bit different with a politician right so with a politician if you are specifically taking a stance contrary to the church and you're campaigning against it mm-hmm. that is uh, uh that's a problem uh, there's a heightened standard there versus what a voter might do right. in a voter booth so right? that's
1: that's public scandal
0: that's and that's what cordialioni was getting at ultimately because and because one thing that you know, uh, Speaker Pelosi had done is to sit, is to couch her beliefs in terms of her, her Catholicism and said, like, as a devout Catholic, I believe this and, and, and that and, and even addressed things where Pope Francis had specifically affirmed the church's teaching on life, which Pope Francis has done numerous times. Yes,
1: um, and there's been a lot of uh there's been a lot of social commentary, right, on social media about all this some people have been lambasting uh, Archbishop Cartaglione, Some have been lambasting Speaker Pelosi. Um, honestly, uh, we, we need to pray for both of them in this situation. But uh, I firmly come down the side in support of Archbishop Uh I, I, I'm not going to revel in any kind of victory and do a victory dance uh, on a, a picture of Nancy Pelosi. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous to, to think that. And, and I want to I pray for her, too. I want to pray for our country. I want to pray for all of our legislators, especially those that are Catholic, that they live up to what the Catholic Church teaches. Well,
0: and we might have had some people in Radioland who, who might have, you know, and I just said, like, there were moments when, when Speaker Pelosi says, as a Catholic, I believe this, and as a Catholic, I believe that. There might have been some folks in Radioland who might have snickered a little bit at that and said, like, oh, come on. You know, um, here's the thing. It might be the case that when Nancy Pelosi was 12 years old, she was numerous times kneeling before the tabernacle and, and got to know the living God present in that tabernacle and said, Lord, I love you. I give my life to you. It could be very much that um, her initial desire for public service, which can be a a great and noble thing where noble, wonderful things can be done for the world and for the kingdom. It could have come from a place of a desire to serve Jesus, Jesus that she got to know as a child in the Eucharist. We don't know that, you know, and the fact of the matter is if that is a part, you know, one thing we do know is this is a difficult leg of her journey, regardless Okay, and that grace um, through prayer and through fasting—you know, Bishop Cordellarian had mentioned fasting—for her right now, that that could be abundantly fruitful for her, Amen. for us, and for the
1: church. You you say she might have been like that when she was twelve, but it doesn't mean she can't be like that again. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. right. That's but this is. I mean, ours our faith is a story of redemption. Yes, right. Being redeemed, and so that's what we need to pray for, and not just for Nancy Pelosi, because there's a lot of people out there that that will say that. Now you're correct in saying that those in public life, specifically in leadership roles like government governmental roles, um, you know, they're held to a higher standard because, and that's where it comes. That's where scandal comes in. Right. Right. Because it is very scandalous to say to start any sentence with well as a catholic and then proceed to say something that is essentially contrary to what the catholic church has taught for two thousand years Mm -hmm. right right and that's where that's where we get into trouble uh... and why we we want to avoid that for ourselves but at the same time we don't want to dance on the graves of catholic politicians that is not our goal because that's one more soul i'm not judging and saying who and who is not going to to heaven. I'm just saying every soul is loved by God. Every soul was created in the image and likeness of God. And when we need to pray for conversion, that's what in Archbishop Cordelione's letter, that's what he says specifically, he's gonna continue to pray and to fast. For Nancy Pelosi
0: and for you un- let's pray also just for unity in the church and I recognize there could be people in Radioland who also struggle with the church's teaching on life or other teachings and and you know what all of us are gonna have points in our in our faith yeah, life amen. where we
1: struggle I have people when I teach RCI that ask me like if I'm still struggling with this teaching on the Eucharist if that's actually Jesus and that little uh, wafer it, 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 it can I not come into the church and I tell them that answer about this is when I talk about ascent but I use the phrase embrace yeah. If you're struggling in your faith, embrace the teaching. Embrace your mother of the church. Embrace the, the authority, the love of God, the mercy of God. And just open your heart and allow God to speak to you, right? He'll lead you in the right way if you're honest and open uh, and receptive in that way. And so, yeah, you can still come in the church unless you're now going to say it's not true. Mm-hmm. Right? Now when you've decided in oppos- opposition of the church, that's a problem. But like, everyone doubts.
0: And if you say, help my unbelief, he will give you that
1: help. Amen. Absolutely. That's that's all so important for us to understand. So there's a lot going on here. Let's pray for Archbishop Corleone. Let's pray for Nancy Pelosi. Let's play, pray for all those uh, caught up in this. And let's also pray for those little ones. And mm-hmm. certainly... Uh, let's ask the Blessed Mother to watch over us in this difficult time. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother Mother of God, pray pray for us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff.com